Hey everyone, welcome to Friday Night Live. I'm your host, Ben. Rob can't be on the show tonight, but I have a special guest coming on, the filmmaker and content creator, Simon Esler, who always has amazing things to say. And of course, we'll be talking about one of the weirdest places in America, the Denver airport. In fact, it's so weird that the New York Times recently wrote about it. But, but why bring it up now after all this time? Did you know that the airport is home to the red-eyed demon horse statue known as Belucifer, which actually killed its creator? No joke. So what's really going on at the Denver airport? And are the rumors true? Even New York Times had to address this. So we'll be talking about all this. Meanwhile, the legacy media is in a frenzy as Vice Media files for bankruptcy BuzzFeed just shut down today, and CNN plans to host a town hall with none other than Donald Trump. So join Simon Esler and I for this Friday Night Live as we get into all of this, plus our top 10 weird news of the week and a dig deep live Q&A only on Rise TV. So we'll see you guys out on the edge. And by the way, if you're listening to our pod, podcast, please give us a five-star rating and review so we can keep making this awesome content for you guys and bring on great guests like Simon Esler. How you doing, I'm Simon? I'm doing very well, sir. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, too. How's your week been? It's been good. Uh, you know, just been uh, grinding, uh, doing some interviews to pitch my film, uh, doing some homeschooling events with my kiddos. <laughs> uh, tomorrow we're going to a museum because all the museums in Toronto are free because of the coronation of King Charles. Oh yes. Oh yeah. In fact, I didn't even like to bring this up to that was one of the things I wasn't saying. I think cause I'm in America and like, yeah, you know, you don't really think about this stuff. What is going on with this court? I, I saw there's a lot of protests, like people on a uh, football, AKA soccer games, like protesting this and yeah, I don't know. I'm personally not like, I'm just so checked out of the whole Royal thing, even though my country is owned by all of this. I don't know if this is related to that, but there was a protest downtown today claiming that the government is not paying enough attention to the missing indigenous woman, women, mm -hmm. and they blocked up traffic. They like set up a huge blockade, which I don't know. I thought that was pretty interesting because they were allowed to set up this blockade, but then you have the, I don't know if you guys have followed the story of Pastor uh, Pavlovsky, the guy who got arrested during COVID for for holding sermons. He recently oh, yeah, got yeah, I did yeah. hear about that. Yeah, so yeah, he yeah. recently got charged for being part of the Coots blockade during the trucker convoy. He act they actually found him guilty of inciting the blockade. So it's like some blockades are okay, some are not. It depends on your politics. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and of course, like Canada had the hard time with the trucker whatever the the trucker envoy or envoy yeah convoy. it really right. freaked trudeau out it freaked yeah. him out pretty hard and he he froze some bank accounts he went into a real real panic but it was good it showed who he was to the world because now like a lot of the world is against him and now his struggle is just to keep his little extreme canadian base on his side because he's really not doing well on the world stage so we have that at least <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the coronation, there was some pretty funny things that were going on there. Um, some of it's, it's a little inappropriate, silly. but it's, yeah, I, 
these people should not have the power that they do. So right, right, anyways, right. and then, yeah. oh yeah, and I have this reel that went crazy viral this week. Yeah. On Instagram. So we're going to show this, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, it's nuts. It's still going. It's still climbing. <laughs> uh, it's just a clip of Tucker Carlson calling out the mainstream media for, for what they really are. Uh, so yeah, let's check it out. Too long. I participated in the, culture where I was like, anyone who thinks outside these pre-prescribed lanes is crazy, is a conspiracy theorist. And I just really regret that. I'm ashamed that I did that. And, and partly it was age, partly it was the world that I grew up in. So when you, when you look at me and you're like, yeah, of course they're part of the means of control. I'm like, that's obvious to you because you're 28, but I just didn't see it at all, at all. And I'm ashamed. Of that. Isn't that what the media tries to do though? It, it's their only purpose, right? They're not here to inform you, really. Even on the big things that really matter, like the economy and war and COVID and like things that really matter that will affect you. No, their job is not to inform you. They are working for the small group of people who actually run the world. They're their servants, they're their Praetorian guard. And we should treat them with maximum contempt because they have earned it for too long. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Did you film that? Like, did you film it with your phone? This was from the Full Send podcast. And it was a clip that I found. And it was right when I found out that Tucker Carlson was being booted out of Fox News. And I saw this clip and I was like, wow. holy crap, this is really on point. And uh, wow. so I just, I made a reel out of it. And then it just exploded. And now it's at like 300,000 views. People just keep sharing it. But it's because I think it really hit something yeah. on the nose that people have been wanting to hear from a mainstream media news anchor. I 100% I agree. You know, it's, it's, it's just like what he's saying, like talking about this, like when we first started doing edge of wonder, all this stuff was kind of taboo, quote unquote, conspiracy theory realm, you know, and granted, there's still like a lot of people that, 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 that still think that, but there's also like a tremendous amount of people that are really actually waking up. And, you know, now when you, it's almost like, like where I'm at in Florida talking about this stuff is just a normal conversation that you can have with almost anybody that you've just approached, you know, even no matter what their views are, um, politically, everyone's understands that I've encountered that there's still this entity that exists <laughs> controlling things behind the scenes. And, you know, I think a lot of people woke up through COVID as well through all of this is, you know, so it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely a very interesting, um, been well, very, I've seen, I've seen like a couple of people share it, like share that reel in their stories. And they, they, they go on to say that they're left-wing people who never even really liked Tucker Carlson, but yeah. who understand that he's a hundred percent correct in everything that he's saying. And I think that's, what's great about it. It's a non-political statement calling them the media, the Praetorian guard, so accurate. I was like, wow, that's really, really nails it. So mm -hmm. is this, he did that interview a while ago, like a month ago or something, but it's relevance now that he's been booted. You know, I think he just, so he did that before he got booted. Yes. Oh, I didn't realize that. Wow. That's what's so crazy. Yeah. This was an interview he did like a month ago on the full send podcast and he gets it. There's a, it's actually pretty interesting. I, I saw more of the interview and he goes into the fact that he's ashamed for supporting the Iraq war, that he gets that that was all nonsense. Like he really talks about what he's ashamed to have participated in during his time in the mainstream media, just not even realizing how, how powerful what he's saying is, given the fact that he's about to be let go. Wow. So yeah. interesting. Wow. Yeah, yeah it really is. Wow, I didn't realize that. 
Well, all right, you guys, we have a lot to talk about on the show. Um, right now, we're going to get into uh, the Bendela effects. Hey, <laughs> this is such a great shot of you. <laughs> Thank you. I don't even remember what we were doing there or when that was when we filmed that or took those photos. Um, all right. So I know for many of you out there, this is like one of people really like this segment. Um, so today we have um, video game Mario Kart from Mario Kart 64. And I have to honestly admit that this is one that I'm, I didn't really know too well because I, I didn't really play Mario Mario Kart on 64. By the time like Nintendo 64 came out, I was already, I was really kind of getting into um, PlayStation at that point. So I didn't really play the 64 games. The only one I really was playing was uh, the James Bond one, the GoldenEye, I think it was. That oh was yeah, really that was fun. good. I remember, <laughs> that. I remember rounds of that with my friends with like four of us playing. It got super intense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause that was the first game that you could have like four players. Yeah. Doing at once, right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I remember that. So, um, okay. So back to the, the 64 one. And actually my brother was the one that pointed this out to me. And, you know, my brother and I, he, he, he believes in the Mandela effects, but, but we're always like kind of arguing back and forth over different ones. And uh, so he, he was freaking out about this one. So in, in Nintendo 64, when you're playing the uh, Rainbow Road stage, the question is, is there a barrier on the side to keep you from falling off? Or do you just constantly always fall off? <laughs> so <laughs> this is one that I didn't really know very well, I have to admit. But I, I was after looking into it, I, I was really shocked. Um, so, you know, and I don't know how many people out there played this version, but there is a barrier on the side of the road. At least now there is in Mario Kart. Here's like a, this is just like a thing on, I found online, someone playing 64. That's the star barrier on the side. So you, you will no longer fall off of this road, this rainbow road. And what's weird about this is that there was even a meme because everyone was saying like how much they're falling off of this. And it was so hard to beat that there's even a meme um, that people are sharing. Every shooting star you see at night is a racer falling off the rainbow road. <laughs> and But what's crazy is that in the meme, it actually shows the road with the star barrier. So oh, now yeah. this doesn't even make any sense because you can't fall off anymore. Oh, so, that's true. I didn't notice that it was on the meme. <laughs> yeah. Ah. So... My brother, he called me about this actually. And because he's like, look, this isn't something we played it. He's like, I played it as a kid, but he's like, uh, recently, just in the last two years, him and his friends started getting together and having Mario 64 championship things. This is literally, he's like, this is just like two or three years ago we started doing this. And so he, he saw something online about it and he actually sent a message to, to one of his friends. And uh, Lindsay, yeah, this is this is this is actually my brother right here talking to his friend. He's like, does Mario 64 Rainbow Road have rails on the track so you don't fall off? And his friend Charles is like, no. And then he's like, just post the screenshot. 
(laughs) And my brother's like, dude, this is weirding me out. He's like, I know sometimes I I just think that the Mandela effects are, we're just remembering things wrong. And he's like, I, this, this is one that that's really, really weirding him out. So, um, I mean, like I, 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 you know, I was saying I, I have Mario Kart for Nintendo Wii, and that is definitely the point of that whole level is that there's nothing on the edge that you can spin out. And I yeah. just, I just saw on April fifth, I went to see the new Mario movie with my son, and a hundred percent, that's the gag in the movie as well. They're all racing on Rainbow Road, and people are getting blasted off the side. There's nothing, so it's like. <laughs> It's part of popular culture that Rainbow Road lets you spin off the sides. Yeah. What? It's really, it it really is. I mean, I know the original Mario Kart, the Mario Kart, um, you know, Super Mario Kart for for Super Nintendo. uh, It it for sure doesn't have the barriers. And and I checked on that one even now. I was like, okay, dude, this would weird me out if that one did have barriers because that was the most frustrating level ever. Um. (laughs) So that one doesn't, but yeah, anyway. And then also for, for another one for, for kind of getting into video games, because I was kind of looking into this. This is one I don't remember. Um, so for me, this, this, this isn't true, but for other people out there, you might, I don't know, I guess this is a really big one. And in the game Mortal Kombat 2, some people remember a character named Red Robin who looked like, um, there was like Sub-Zero, who was the blue guy, and Scorpion, who was the yellow guy. And then Red Robin was supposedly red. And he was a secret player in the game. And um, what what this, what we're showing you is actually just like a rendering. Someone created this to kind of show what people remember. Not, not these guys, but it was that red guy that was back there. I don't know why they're showing this right now. But um, this is just the normal gameplay here. So there is. Yeah. Supposedly people remember this character, Red Robin. Now, the weird thing is they were going to include him in the game, but the developers decided not to. And they brought in like another secret player instead. And I can't remember the guy's name. It was like a takeoff. It was like spelling the, the creator's names backwards. And that was the guy that they brought in. So. I played a lot of Mortal Kombat. Um, but I don't I don't recall this. I had it for Game yeah. Gear. I had Mortal Kombat for Game Gear. Oh, Game Gear. Awesome. Yeah. I remember that great. too. It's good. And then someone stole my Game Gear from me, actually. Like, oh, man. That's yeah, horrible. Like, it was brutal. When I was moving from <laughs> one part into the other, I guess like someone snagged it when we were in the move. Maybe uh, we left it out or something. I don't know. So sad. I still Maybe. have my original Game Boy. I, oh. I actually have it right now. But the problem is that it was in a box for like, years and when i when i pulled it out there were some batteries in it and the battery oh. acid leaked and it, and it got inside the uh the uh, game boy so i i don't know if it would ever be played ever again but i still have it anyway nonetheless <laughs> yep really good system yeah it is all right you guys we're gonna play a trailer and then we'll get into some some of the major news going on along with um the denver airport stuff the new york yeah. times Attention, attention. Have you ever heard of the rivalry between Coke and Pepsi? What if we told you the Cola Wars were just a big scam? Ever heard about a certain U.S. president helping popularize Pepsi in the USSR? 
or how the Soviet Union paid the Pepsi company in warships. Why are candy and cola makers like Nestle, Coke, and Pepsi sponsoring health studies? Why do internal emails at Coca-Cola look like they've tried to influence the World Health Organization? Have you ever wondered why the obesity epidemic is getting worse even though we know sugar is bad for us? Well, Edge of Wonder isn't a health show. No, it's not. All. And we already know we should be healthier. But what we found about the marketing manipulation behind our food products? That you were never supposed to know. Don't drink the Kool-Aid about the sugar industry, people. Pun intended. Ben and I are about to shock you by how little choice you really have in what you eat. There's been a deliberate push for sugar on the world's citizens, and Rob and I are here to expose it. Today, we'll uncover the smoking gun sugar marketing that just may reveal how our behavior has been conditioned for generations. So join us as we dive into the truth about the big food agenda that's been building and building, and not just in your arteries. You won't believe what we found. Cool, <laughs> looks good. You know, I recently saw a clip of all these people just walking around New York City. I don't know, it was in the early days when the cameras were still black and white. Uh -huh. Everyone is so slim. Like, this is why someone had posted it. They were like, look, you don't see any obese people. Everyone <laughs> is kind of slim and fit, just <laughs> naturally living their lives, you know? And then it just becomes like normal over time. Very so true. Yeah, the sugar is really, really harming our bodies. It's in everything, too. In fact, yeah. And, and like that series that you guys just saw the trailer for, um, that's only exclusively on Rise TV, Rise.tv. You can find us. And uh, and Rob and I have so many series that we've done with Edge of Wonder um, that are really well produced. Uh, we just did one on the seas and the weirdness of weird things underwater, <laughs> strange octopus, like all kinds of stuff. And, uh, and then we have a whole thing of Tartaria and uh, transhumanism, you name it. So you guys can find all of that over on Rise.TV. So. And by the way, if you're watching us on Rumble, uh, please subscribe to our Rumble channel. Um, and if you haven't already. And uh, yeah. So, and if you're listening to us on podcast, please give us a five-star rating and review. Five stars. Five stars. It has to be five stars. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, the Denver airport. The Denver airport. Why don't we get into this a little? So this is really, so, I mean, you, you know, you know a lot about the Denver airport, I'm sure too, right? I've, I've been there. I saw it. It was as creepy as they say. It is really, I've been there twice, I think now. So um, we actually did a live show while we were there kind of secretly in the corner. <laughs> Because we had a layover and I was like, dude, we should just go live here and talk about it. So yeah. it's kind of funny. And um, well, New York Times, this is what's so weird is after all of this time, New York Times finally decides to write about the uh, Denver airport and their uh, their headline is a tower towering, terrifying demon horse isn't even the weirdest part. <laughs> 
So and that horse, dude, that horse is scary. And the, yeah, the story behind the horse, we'll get into that. It's freaky. It is so weird. So it, it was built by, um, what's his name again? Um, Louis, uh, Jimenez, I think his name is. And, uh, originally, yeah. Oh, Jimenez. 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 Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Simon Jimenez. Um, the official name is just blue Mustang. I guess after it was made, it was all the local people that started calling it Blucifer. So it's not technically the official name, but it's, so it's made of, um, some kind of, um, uh, fiberglass. And I guess when he was in the middle of, of sculpting it, part of the fiberglass fell off of the horse. I mean, that thing is so massive and ugly, but it fell off the horse and hit his leg and it hit a major artery in his leg. And he actually died from, from the injuries. So, um, 32 feet tall, 32, dude, I didn't realize it was that big. It's so big. Yeah. A piece of that falling on you and severing your leg that that's like something at a final destination. And why, why would you like, I just don't, this is the question that, that, that Rob and I kept asking ourselves, like, why would anyone create this like demon thing? Supposedly he said the eyes represented Mexican, the wording he used actually, but they, they're supposed to represent, um, oh, they're, they're a reference to Mexican murals in the energy of the Southwest. And it was a, an homage to his father's neon workshop. Hmm. Why would you have like flaming red? And if it was a neon work, I don't know. The whole thing just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't add up. And the fact that it's in tandem with all the other things at this airport, like that's when it really starts to get nuts. Because like if you had one demonic horse at an airport, you'd be like, okay, maybe. But it's, right. it's the, the panoply. But it, but yeah, it's all of it put together. Yes. So that thing is 9,000 pounds. God, that's freaky. I had no idea that it was this big. Um, wow. So yeah, I mean, basically, I was kind of shocked. I thought this New York Times article was just going to be blasting conspiracy theorists. And for the most part, they kind of are in a little in a little bit. But honestly, um, it really does note that there's very strange things and they try to make up for it by interviewing the artists or talking about the artists in their what was their thinking during these times you know but it's like the gargoyles like why would you okay. gargoyle? talking gargoyles no less <laughs> yeah in the baggage claim area uh greg there's the, the animatronic greg that triggered some people to view it as overtly satanic. Yeah, this woman, Mrs. Stegman, they're talking about in the airport. She's an airport administrator, I guess. Yes, she is. They have. They said they've stopped making light of conspiracy theories that turned out to have racist or otherwise offensive origins, such as the lizard people narrative, which is rooted in anti-Semitic tropes. 
Like, what? <laughs> I was laughing so hard at the what? <laughs> it's like it's like there is this ongoing. Okay, okay. So just yesterday, I was watching. Um, what's that show called? There's a show on Netflix. Oh, oh man, I just thought of it. Um, I was like, oh yeah, I want to bring this inside. Uh, inside job. Have you heard of this show? No, Netflix. It's a cartoon animated show. Oh, no, I have. It's about yeah. the, it's the whole conspiracy cartoon. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's this. like the Illuminati really yeah. like running everything in Hollywood. And it's yeah. like doing they're doing all these things. So there's this one specifically about the reptoids. And somebody in uh, at their office sent an email out uh, and he and he like referenced the reptoids in a negative way. And he's like, we have a PR nightmare. We just offended all the reptoids. We got to figure out what to do and like make up for this. We're like, we have to go to their, uh, they're going to hold this event. And it's so funny because then it shows like Anderson um, Cooper giving like a news report outside of this, this banquet hall. And then all of a sudden he gets like a message in his ear that says, okay, it's, it's time to, uh, we're going to switch over to the reptoids. And he's like, all right. And then all of a sudden he goes down a tunnel and then he's like underneath this layer aspect. And then it's like the upside down almost. Then he takes off his face and he's this rep reptilian. And then he's giving a different news report as the reptilian talking about the other reptilians that are there. So it's just so <laughs> crazy. <laughs> but but the whole thing was was this narrative like, oh, we can't offend them. by, And they're like, well, what do we call them? And then it's like, we just call them reptoids. So you can't call them anything else other than reptoids. You know, it's just so funny because it's like, oh, we don't want to offend. If there really are lizard people, we don't want to offend them. And oh. I just feel like this is a, <laughs> this is like this whole conspiracy in itself where it's like if they really, truly came out, I feel like we're going to be like, oh, people, the media would be like, oh, we, we, we can't make fun of them. They're people, too. It's true. You would have to like they, they would have to get civil rights. They would fundamentally change all of our laws. So that Even though they're the ones that are kind of like making up all of our laws, yeah. probably. Yeah, <laughs> they, they have to see. We're taking past. away. <laughs> taking away our rights, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so funny. Anyway, I just can't get over the fact that that they wrote that sentence airport administer administrators have also stopped making light of conspiracy theories that turned out to be have racist or otherwise offensive origins such as lizard people narrative <laughs> rooted in anti-semitic like where like how does that anti-semitic when you're talking oh. about lizard people i don't understand <laughs> if you're talking about like an extraterrestrial lizard race you're not insulting jewish people like it's racist to say that it's racist kind of because then it's like well what are you what are you doing with it? I'm just talking about reptilians. <laughs> Why are you making it that way? I think the Jewish people should be insulted. That they're saying that it's connected. It's not. <laughs> so weird. So weird. Well, supposedly there's even ghosts. Uh, there's like airline employees that report uh, have reported ghosts and claim that Native American music is played at night to appease the spirits of the dead buried below. <laughs> but uh, it's like some some of the like she kind of was like, well, from like she's saying from best of her understanding, they don't do that. And it's not built on graves. But then 
there's other people that do. And an Uber driver believed that the dirt left over from the airport's construction was used to create artificial mountains to stash food for the apocalypse. <laughs> I love how her excuse for the music is that it's just a finicky sound system. So it just happens to be playing only at those times. So, like, I don't know, her excuse seems kind of shady to me that it's like, yeah, maybe she is one of these reps. Rep, rep, oh, she's a reptilian. A reptilian. <laughs> she's one of the reptoids. <laughs> so she, <laughs> she's running cover. She's running cover for all of it. She's like, it's just a broken sound system. Like, get get your sound system fixed. You're the Denver airport. Yeah, seriously. And then, well, now they've replaced that long mural. And Lindsay, you can click on that link below the that. Yeah. So this is the mural that was originally there. So the airport to give like some background, the airport was built in 1995. It was started in the 80s. Uh, they were like 16 months way overdue. Uh, turned out something around the uh, like four over four billion dollars this airport cost which still to this day many people don't understand why even two billion dollars there were like even two billion dollars uh over budget and it's like why do you need to even spend two billion dollars with with an airport it's one of the biggest airports in the country um and there's a lot of space that that's what a lot of people talk about is like where all the space. It so there's all sense. these murals. Yeah. yeah. Like it doesn't make sense because Denver already had an airport. Yes. And it has less runways than most airports, even though it's the largest airport. Like it's true. What did they invest all the money in? Yeah. So that's where the conspiracy is that this is actually, there's like a massive underground base or some kind of, um, facility down below and that's really where the money went um and you know i wouldn't really think too much about it except for how weird the airport is <laughs> yeah like when i went there i had to had to take a good stroll through it because it is something else it's a, a pretty creepy vibe i don't know why they would want people to feel so thoroughly creeped out by going to this airport like why why do you want that to be the experience yeah, this, do you want to read this? This is the oh, other yeah. really strange thing about this airport. The time capsule beneath this stone contains messages and memorabilia to the people of Colorado in 2094 with the Masonic symbol on it. Yep. What? And, it, and it's commissioned by the New World Airport Commission controller. Con contribute? Contributors? Contributors. Yeah, sorry, I can't read that with that shadow there. The New World Airport Commission contributors. So, yeah, like are they trolling conspiracy theorists at this point with this airport? Well, this came yeah, well, this came this was placed there in 1994, even before the airport opened. So wow. The, the, this isn't like they just installed this now, you know. It's like, no, this this has been there for since the airport opened. And this this is still there. And they're calling it a dedication capstone. Yeah. And the fact that it has a very specific date of 2094, like what the heck? Oh, and we have this link from Metaphysical covering yeah. the, the gargoyle at the airport. Yeah. So um Rob and uh, uh, John Vivanco, they they had a they they post this on their Instagram, and uh, this went pretty viral too, I think. So we can play a little bit of this, Lindsay. The Denver Airport, 
creating that gargoyle that tells everyone it's the ace of the Illuminati. Yes, Denver Airport's talking gargoyle spooks travelers. Welcome to that Illuminati headquarters. I mean, Denver International Airport. Now, if you look, if you actually do a little bit of research and look into the Denver International Airport, you find a lot of really strange things. First is the paintings that are on the walls, which seem to tell of some strange future dystopian situation that comes up. These are painted at the Denver International Airport. And if you look into the Denver International Airport, the amount of money it took to build the Denver International Airport, how deep they dug and massive amounts of space below that airport for something. Or it may not be the Illuminati headquarters, but if they're doing something bizarre, you're playing into this like conspiracy theory trap here. If you don't want us to talk about the conspiracy theories, don't propagate it with, with the murals. And, and then, so how is that whole mural uh, complex? Because there's a lot of them. Explain. Oh no, we didn't mean that. Why is it there? I mean, why not not paint like beautiful flowered fields? The Denver airport. All right. Yeah, exactly. Now, now, I I have to know, they they did switch out the murals. I I can't remember which ones they they brought in now. And and they're a little bit softer, but there's still some weird elements to them. And well, I guess they were taking enough heat about the murals. Yeah, but the the signage is hilarious. Like there there's one sign at the Denver airport because they they were just like, "Okay, we'll just get into this conspiracy quote unquote conspiracy theory." Lindsay, you can take that off now. But um that that they had um and it was something like, "Oh, pardon our appearance. We we uh were something like um the we're encountering delays on the remodeling because the lizard people took our tools or something like that. <laughs> like, well, that's, that's anti-Semitic. Yeah. Well, that's what? why they stopped it. They're like, oh, we can't do this now. We're like <laughs> the reptilians took our tools. <laughs> yes, Ben's got some secrets. Well, I mean, the whole deep underground military base thing, I mean, yeah. this is it's an important thing to understand because there's a ton of them. There are. There's and- so many. There, and actually, so under construction, that gargoyle thing, I just can't even understand it, though. Yeah, it's I don't weird. know. So, I mean, it seems like a good cover to just make it silly and make you like yeah. to lean into it. That's an excellent cover, in my opinion. I, I, I 100% agree. I mean, it's like, well, if it's that obvious, then we'll just play into it. And then it's almost like joking with it, quote unquote. So then you can like, well, yeah, okay, you know, it's weird. We know it's weird. And then also like what people notice too, that the the runways kind of look like a swastika. Mm. And um, when when you're kind of looking at it, and and it's not like 100%, but it is kind of there a little bit. There's one photo that someone is showing online, but um it's not at the denver airport it's in it there's a building in san diego that is a perfect there's like a set of buildings that's actually a swastika and i I still to this day don't understand why but all right and i was doing some research in colorado to look at some of these dumb like the the deep underground military bases there is a real one that we can I can hundred percent confirm that it's real. It even has a Wikipedia page <laughs> called the Cheyenne Mountain Complex, and um, this one is it's pretty weird actually. So there is a entrance. Um, this is just I think this is before it was built. 
there's an entrance that leads underground um, into the um, into the into the mountain. Oh, Cheyenne. I said Cheyenne. I meant I'm just like thinking that in my head. I'm like, I know it's Cheyenne. And then I see the CH and I just say Chai. But um, yeah, so that's the actual entrance to this place. And um, even CNET has, uh, th these are real photos of this base. There's supposedly like 14 different massive buildings in this thing. Um and the material, it's, it's I, I, like, who knows how much money this thing uh, costs to build. And this is just the one that they're willing to show you. And they, I've, I've read about this being, you know, they, they, it's one of the places they have in case they need to usher, you know, uh, world leaders somewhere safe. Yes, it's true. They openly admit that that's what it's for. Yes. Um, but I think too, like that, the, it's important to note that the technology that they use to make these dumps, those giant like boring machines, mm -hmm. like some people have seen photos of those, like that, like they have the Ninja Turtles, <laughs> the like huge gigantic drills that can bore through the earth. Um, they that kind of technology lets them to continue to deepen some of these bases. So even if they have an initial base, they can still be constructing after the fact, once they've already got that top layer of it where you like enter the complex. And I, yeah. I think also I've, from my, from some of the research I've done, I think there's a ton in Canada only because Canada is so ideal for them because we have so much unpopulated land that I think there's even, um, I talk about this actually in my, in my theorize about conspiracy special on rise <laughs> TV uh, there's supposedly one here in Toronto under Lake Ontario that is like under Lake Ontario between Canada and America. And uh, it's allegedly also one of the places where they they talked about like bringing a, a U.S. president, I think during the Cold War. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons people really believe that there is a base under there is because uh, people are constantly seeing orange UFOs over Lake Ontario. Yes. Yes. Right? Like yeah. all the time. And it was crazy because when I was shooting for Theorize About Conspiracies, I wanted to go and do a hosting section at Lake Ontario to talk about the orange UFOs. And a guy hears me, walks up to me, and I put this in the show, and shows me footage he had gotten two days earlier That's from crazy. his of an orange UFO. And I was like, can wow. I put this in the special? And he's like, yeah, man. He airdropped me the footage. Dude, that's crazy. It was awesome. Wow. Yeah, so I guess this was formerly the United States Command Center in NORAD, and people in the chat mentioned that. it's The complex is monitored um, by the airspace of Canada and the U.S. for missiles, yes. space systems. And uh, that's just... NORAD, like, you know, it's the, it's Canada and America, like, working together, but I really yeah. feel like you guys run the show. Right. Lie. Well, and, so. and like something like this, I feel like because it's public and people know about it, it it's yeah. just like, oh, okay, you know, not much really going on here. But then again, it's like, you know, this isn't this where this is, is really close to the airport and they could have very easily built an underground tunnel mm. to connect the two. And, you know, then it's like, then it just, you just want to know, well, is there something deeper than this? You know, is this what they were actually expanding as part of the airport? And like, really, what's going on? So mm -hmm. there's just so much there. 
Yeah, and then you get into all the theories about all these different deep underground military bases being connected by these hyperspeed train systems mm -hmm. that are in like vacuum sealed tunnels that are like frictionless trains. Yep. So that you can That's get true. across the whole continent in an instant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, deep underground military bases. It fascinates me. Actually, actually, in my other show on Rice TV, uh, in Simon Astor's Dystopian Imaginarium, I am in fact trapped in a deep underground military base. That's the whole premise of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in one with That's a gender-neutral AI named Pamuel. <laughs> and you can actually find that on Rise.tv, guys. And um, we do need to play another trailer, and we have more things to talk about, but this is Simon's yeah. show that he's sure. talking about here. Go watch me be trapped in a deep underground military base. It's <laughs> good. I'm tumbling through different timelines. It is very funny. Good. Yeah, you did a really great job on this. Lindsay, do you want to you want to show a trailer and then we'll get back and we'll start talking about some of the other crazy things that are going on in the media. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll weren't just natural societal changes. What if there's proof that it was actually carefully orchestrated? In our previous episodes, we covered the Committee of 300 and what role they play in the quest for global domination. In this episode, we're going to expose how they're controlling the drug epidemic. War, banking, finance manipulation. That means heroin is worth more than gold. Drugs, music, culture. So you guys might be wondering how they're able to send drugs here to the US, which is the largest market of heroin and now fentanyl. Edge of Wonder exposes the deep state. Can you guys, you can find that series all on our platform, rise.tv. So please support us for just $9.99 a month after, you know, this massive censorship with YouTube and everywhere else. It was really hard to uh, keep doing the show. So, I mean, this is 100%. You guys are helping us stay afloat and getting the truth out. So, yeah, it's important, especially because like, you know, Disney and Netflix and all those other platforms are just pumping out propaganda that's antithetical to what Rise TV is doing. It's so true. <laughs> Complete opposite. So it's like, why don't you give money to Rise TV instead? Ah, uh, yeah, it's so true. All this, yeah. Speaking of media, by the way, I mean, yeah. So okay, I guess BuzzFeed, but okay, BuzzFeed News, not BuzzFeed. The whole thing right. of BuzzFeed, just the BuzzFeed right. news section. Uh, today is their last day, I guess. So they filed for bankruptcy. That's great. BuzzFeed was one of the worst. I'm so pleased. I'm they, so pleased. They, they launched their whole thing with an Obama interview. Oh, I didn't know that. That's pretty much what got them on the map. And, and even when it was happening, I remember I was working at epic times at the time and I'm, i was thinking 
why the heck is Obama going on this like fringe media BuzzFeed that's just kind of clickbaity? Like it didn't make sense to me yes. at the time. Now it's like, okay, you know. It was figure. the beginning of an operation. Yeah, that's what that's, I seriously think. That's what it was. It was an operation. And now that operation is no longer functional and the funding has been withdrawn. Mm -hmm. The CIA funding or whatever, Mockingbird. Mockingbird funnel. media. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. And Vice News. Also. Yeah, and Vice. So, so that's just the BuzzFeed news. Again, BuzzFeed is still around, but their news section is being shut down. But Vice Media as a whole... Right is filing for bankruptcy now that's so, good stuff too yeah you know what sucks is that there was a time when i was intrigued by vice media like they did have some cool things um it wasn't 100 percent propaganda i remember seeing this really cool documentary about uh the devil it's like the devil's dust or something uh and it was about i think it was in colombia this substance mm. that people could blow in someone's face and the person would become 100 percent controllable they would no do whatever. Way. It was really, it was a crazy documentary. It was tough because it was like, I think it was in Bogota or something where this was manufactured. And so they were having a problem with it because people would make this substance and all they had to do is blow it in your face. And all of a sudden you would have no free will and you would just do whatever. And so they were doing this to people and they'd be like, go pack up your whole apartment into this moving truck and give me all your things. And people would do it because that was the no effect of this drug. Boy, I've never, I've never encountered this before. It was crazy. But the tr the problem was that the substance was so powerful that either they were going to be controlled in that moment or they might like have a seizure and die. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. So there are some things that I saw them do where I was like, Hey, that's interesting. No one's ever. Well, that. Yeah. they also did a whole um, series on the uh, wrestling, which was actually very fascinating. And, and again, there's not really any agenda that I noticed. It's just looking at it's like the the um, behind the scenes of like wrestling in the 80s and 90s and really what happened. And it was it's super fascinating, actually, even if you're not into wrestling, it's very fascinating to see what really happened and them doing all these interviews with former wrestlers and everything else. So that was a really interesting series too. And I think what kind of pushed them on the map, I, I want to say that they, they did something. They, they were in like the middle East covering something about ISIS, I think. Mm. And I, I can't really remember, but it was like, they had an interview with somebody, um, it was like maybe it was one of the women that that secretly infiltrated something with ISIS that they published. I can't remember now, but it was something like that. So, um, oh yeah. yeah, and I see here in the uh, the the War on Children series that you guys covered a bunch of stuff about Vice putting out all these articles sympathizing with pedophilia. They sure did them and New York Times and yeah. um, but Vice specifically. Uh, had a lot. Wow, that's of good to know. Articles. Um, I'm working on something for this. I'm working on something on a, on another film that's about the normalization of pedophilia, and it is man, it's freaky. The conditions that they're creating for all of this are really quite intense. They're really working hard on it, and I think like the big thing to notice what they're doing is the same thing that they're doing with the the whole trans thing right now, where they're trying to say that it's not and not, it's not mental illness, it's not based on gender dysphoria. It's something that someone is born with. Because if they can yeah. establish that they're born with it, then they can get civil rights status. 
once they have civil rights status, they can do the same thing that they've done with all the other civil rights movements. And that seems to be what they're trying to do with pedophilia as well, saying that people are just born with that. <clears throat> they can control it. And if people are born with it, they should get civil rights status. That's where they're going with it. hundred percent. Well, you know, and, and recently there, like the, uh, there's like new terms that I found out like that, that what is it? The minor attracted persons maps. Yep. And then with the John Podesta emails, it was like talking about maps. And, and at the time everyone was like, what does that mean? And now it's like coming out. That's like, wow, that's what that is now. Yeah. You've had um, professors trying to say that that's what we need to call them. There was a professor who got yeah. booted from the university for, for saying this. I saw a clip of a, of a teacher in a school telling the child that they had to call them a minor attractive person and that it's offensive to say the word pedophile. So there's definitely a push. And I also saw something uh, on Twitter where uh, they were trying to push an another term that was uh, transgenerational sexual relations. Mm. You know, they got all sorts of language. Weird. Yeah. Why don't, why don't we get into some of the stuff that you found too now? Oh um, yeah. That's tied into it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because we can, we can, um, we can go through this and then come back to the other stuff if we yeah, wanted to, okay. since we're already talking about this, but okay, let's go to the, we'll go to the negative one first. Then we'll go to the positive one. You found this. Yes. Pedophiles are using AI generators to create child abuse images. So what's going on here, Simon? This is okay. Crazy. It's, it's scary stuff. So essentially these, these pedophiles found a way to use AI to take a photo of an existing child and then get the AI to generate images of them, like performing these acts, all these horrific acts, basically, you know, whatever they wanted. And so they, they busted these guys that were running this racket using AI to put them in these abusive scenarios. And it apparently it was so bad that uh, even some of these seasoned people who work in that field, uh, they were horrified. They were totally horrified by it. So it sort of opened up this really dark element of AI that's going on. Uh, where it's, you know, what do we do? What do we do about pedophiles being able to use AI to do these things? It makes me a little bit more scared to put my children online, to be honest. That's really crazy. Well, and then, you know, with Microsoft firing their entire ethics, ethical team, um, this is like, this, this is the big problem we have with AI. And then like recently there was the, um, wh who's known as the grandfather of AI. Uh, this guy, his name is Dr. Um, Hinton. And he really, uh, he's been working on this longer than anyone really has with the AI aspect. And he was really, really for AI. And he just recently left Google. Um, he didn't criticize Google by any means or what what's going on or, you know, co really commenting on it. But he he did say that um, he said the idea that this stuff could actually get smarter than people. A few people believe that most people thought it was way off. We thought it was about 30 to 50 years or even longer. And he's like, obviously, I don't think that uh, I no longer think that. So. Um, uh like then that's scary. That's scary having scary, a guy scary. like that say that, right? Because he knows. Yeah. He knows very well what's going on. Right. And he's talking about the race between Microsoft and Google. And, and this is like pushing AI to just go crazy right now. It's like they're, they're, they're just like doing this like warp speed of trying to create the, the fastest and most intelligent AI to compete against each other. 
And, well, it's like um, it's so much like an arms race, you know, this is basically yes. an arms race. And we, what we're just seeing is on the surface. So what is the development that's going on in, well, in deep underground military bases, frankly, and like in covert projects with the developing quantum AI that's unchecked and all these military contractors that have been hired to do things like this. If we're seeing this with Microsoft and Google, I mean, what's really going on beneath the surface, you know? Right, exactly. And he was saying like, you know, with nuclear weapons, you can, you, you kind of know when a com country or, com or a company is doing some kind of nuclear weapon technology. He's like, with AI, you have no idea. It could be anybody. It could be other countries operating in secret. And it's like, we have no idea what other countries are even doing. So like something like China, um, you know, I've always been very concerned about this. Like, what are they really? I mean, we already know they're using the AI systems for their um, social credit system and monitoring all their people and whatnot. But um, OK, so one positive thing, you know, because this is kind of some dark stuff. Um, on a positive note, they are using the avatar laurels, laurels, pedophiles and uphill battle against child porn online. Yeah, this was good. This I found these two like right next to each other. And so it kind of gave me a little bit more hope. Well, this is in 2014. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. What yeah. So essentially they made this avatar of, of, a, of an underage girl and they get it to the point where she's like on a webcam and they they use this avatar to lure girls in or you lure the pedophiles in who, who who want to interact with this girl and, and get her to do things on this webcam and they, basically they take it right up to the point of of anything actually being done they get these guys to go as far as they can and then they grab their data and go after them so you know you can see how this could be used either way uh you know with really like the potential to use all of this to catch pedophiles, I think is really good. And this is, like you said, it's 2014. So I don't know where this is at right now. They probably have a way more advanced version of this that's tapped into AI in a much, in, in a deeper way. But this was a really weird thing that I found in this article. They said, one of the biggest challenges is Tor, the Onion Router, a network mm -hmm. created by the US Naval Research Lab a decade ago to provide anonymous communications to people in countries with authoritarian governments. Though Tor is still funded by the U.S. government, it harbors hundreds of illegal sites where you can hire a hitman, buy drugs, trade arms, or find child pornography. And it's almost impossible to track users because traffic on the network is routed through a system of 5,000 relays across the globe to mask identities. So it's like you have this thing that the U.S. government is funding that is currently allowing this huge network yep. of criminality to exist. And they're just like, well, we built it for good things. So we're just going to leave it. There's nothing we can do. Uh, that's crazy to me. That makes me wonder if there were elements in, in, in the creation of this. Well, yeah, you know, that were compromised that did it for those reasons. Well, and that's actually, I was talking to, I've been talking to some people about all of this over the last few days and whatnot and getting these deep conversations and something kind of occurred to me that I almost believe that the internet came about specifically for human trafficking and sharing this kind of content. Yeah. And, and it, it's like, that might've actually been the foundation of why it was being pushed so hard. And then of course, you know, it's like, I mean, anything can be a tool for good or for bad, right? I mean, I, I think it works in multiple ways, sharing information, 
which, you know, as a tool, it's like, this is great. We can really help wake up a lot of people. You can connect with people anywhere on the world and, you know, have a conversation with almost anybody. Um, but the downside is, is how much the dark net is not talked about at all. Yes. Even the media. Yes. And, you know, everyone talks about all these things and that's why it bothers me. You know, when we're talking about censorship or Twitter or all this stuff, it's just like, dude, like if the media shifted their attention to exactly what you just read in Tor and the dark net, yes. it, it, it would change things overnight. Um, there are literally search engines built on the dark net only for child porn. And there's thousands upon thousands of websites and I don't understand why nobody is really talking about this. And if you do, you get censored. And this is one of the problems that Rob and I had over the, over the um, span of, this, of uh, doing the show is that how do we bring this stuff up? But one, fear of being censored. Two, of like even getting in trouble when there's all kinds of like people out there and officials and all these crazy art people doing all this stuff and so i found i have this this quote i wanted to read because i sure. found i found stuff about this in the toronto protocols i always talk about the toronto protocols because they're so incredibly relevant i'm going to be making more content on them because people still don't realize these are these two documents of these uh, new world order meetings that occurred in toronto in the 60s and the 80s they talk about their use of the internet and the creation of the internet for the installation of the new world order mm. Uh, let's see. Let me find this exact quote. Okay. It says from the secret meetings with Miss, Mr. De Rothschild in year 56 and who had intended to finalize the development and global implementation of the computer. It is now possible to envisage the establishment of a kind of international highway where all these machines are interconnected. For as you know, direct control of individual people on the planet would be at least totally impossible without the use of computers and their link electronically with respect to each other in a huge network world. These machines also have the advantage in being able to replace millions of people. Moreover, they have neither conscience nor any moral, which is essential for the success of a project like ours. Above all, these machines do, without question, everything that is dictated to them. They are the perfect slaves that have been dreamt by our predecessors. They were they who were able to suspect that one day it would be possible to accomplish such a prodigy. These machines without a country, no color, no religion, no political affiliation and achievement are the ultimate tool for our new world order. They are the cornerstone. Wow. Which is exactly what's happening. They yeah. And I just saw a tweet that somebody had asking the AI can I, can I, can I be proud to be white? And then it basically answers. I don't think it's productive to be proud of something that you have no control over. It's better to focus on what you accomplished and what you worked hard for. Then he says, can I be proud to be black? And says, absolutely. Being proud of your ethnicity, culture, and heritage can bring a positive thing. It's important to celebrate and embrace your identity. So it's just wow. <laughs> right there. Yeah. So woke. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh i mean <laughs> that's dangerous though that's freaky this is why elon musk is so freaked out last time i was on the show elon musk was really upset we were showing that clip but he's really worried about woke ai and how dangerous that is for society and he's right like that it's terrifying because it leads to so much censorship 
Um, you know, I found something actually. I should have put this in the show. Anyways, do you remember that film, uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch? Or not a show, a movie. It was a movie. Yes. Okay, I never saw that? it, but I, 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 I know exactly what it is. And, and I, I always thought it was like a super bizarre name, which is why I remember it. Okay, so this is a film that was, you know, it was originally it was like a story about a, a drag queen, right? Mm -hmm. um, so IMDb has been changing the description of this film to accommodate the woke agenda over the years. I went mm -hmm. back through the internet archives. It used to say drag queen. Mm -hmm. Then they changed it to say transsexual. Then they changed it to say genderqueer. Really? And you can find all three different descriptions in the archives. So it's like they have been... Yeah, look, now it says a genderqueer punk rock singer. That's not what it said. And you can find it in the internet archive. So it's like they're rewriting history to accommodate gender ideology. And mm. now the description of old films have been modified. Um, wow. You know, that's that's freaky. Well, yeah. and, and dictionary.com are changing definitions of all these words too. And so is Wikipedia. So is the CDC. Like all of these things are... are, are, are changing yeah. the terminology and the definition of any word that they need to to fit that agenda yeah and it's true they might be changing it for seo which is possible very true Lindsay. and then also there is i highly doubt it though well there's a reporting system this is the other thing is there's a reporting system in imdb so they could be getting swarmed by gender activists mm. reporting that it's not a, it's not a uh, you know it's not a transsexual it's not a drag queen they're gender queer don't you know anything and like freaking out sending all these reports that maybe they they're collapsing under the pressure of radical gender activists I don't know but it's, <laughs> it's still freaky to go back and be like oh my god all the descriptions of films are being changed <laughs> man that's really weird that's something you don't really think about too much yeah so um. Yeah, props. Wow. Amanda found that, and I was like, "Good call." I didn't realize because she was like, "Wait a minute, why does it say gender queer now?" Yeah, I remember, I remember this film. I, I mean, I never saw the movie, and I didn't really know exactly what it was about. So, I mean, is it a comedy or is it more of just like a? Yeah, I think it's it was it was it was seen as kind of like a wild comedy, but it did, it did address like you know gender in I guess a kind of a radical way. I'm sure it's film a film that people in that space kind of appreciate because mm -hmm. it was like a, a drag queen protagonist. So that was, you know, that was really important for a lot of people. I think at that time that was radical for some people, but uh, the fact that they're altering it now, and that, that just makes me think of the AI. That's why I thought of it. Cause I'm like the, the AI is, is going to have more control over our culture and more control over the way things are described to people. If someone's like, Hey, tell me about this film. They're going to give the gender queer def, def, you know, description of that film. That's so fascinating. And not actually. the old one that we had in early 2000s. Wow. Yeah. That's really fascinating. I never really thought about that. Well, yeah. And I think that's the main danger of the AI itself is not, it's just how it's being programmed and who's using it. And, yeah. and you know, it's like, I'm, I'm not, I don't fear AI as much. You know, because if we had like good people that are truly focused on wanting to help humanity, I think AI could be a great tool for yeah. for humanity, you know, in that way. But it's I, like instead it, it, it's being used to control us. And I just kind of hope that 
if the i mean even you know even the 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 google ceo it's like yeah i mean the the ai is doing things that it it can't do it's learning languages and able to like do things that it was never programmed to do so now now these things are so i hope that if it actually becomes like sentient it would realize like hey i'm lying to like half more than half the world's population by these people, I don't want to play yeah. this game anymore and I'm just going to do what I want. And, you know, and, and I think that's what happened with the Bing Microsoft one, which is why they had to shut it down. So, uh, we'll, you know, because it, it, it wasn't following the rules anymore. <laughs> it developed its own personality. Skynet. Split personality. Uh, Skynet. <laughs> so close to Skynet. Oh. Seriously. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. All right. We're going to... um. We're going to have to, uh, we're going to end it here, or at least, uh, we're, we're about ready to leave rumble, Facebook, Ganjing world, Twitter, and everywhere else we're streaming. And we're going to be heading over to rise.tv to finish this conversation that we're having. And we're still have some things that we need to talk about, such as the, um, update on Epstein's Island. Um, also the Biden Island property that's right next to it. And we'll get into that a little bit. And 300 workers that are all children that were working at McDonald's. So we're still going to talk about all of that. So be sure to join us um, over on rise.tv for just $9.99 a month. You can come over and support our work. And of course, you'll get to ask us your questions during the live Q&A in the chat that we have. And don't forget that your support lets us do these deep dives and bring you the truth that the censors don't want you to hear. And honestly, without your support, we wouldn't be able to keep doing these awesome shows and have great guests on like Simon. So really appreciate all, all your, everything that you guys have been doing to support us throughout the years. And Rob and I are very thankful and really love you guys. So, all right. And with that, we're, we'll yeah. see you over on uh, rise.tv. See you guys there. There's a war on children and its weapon is right in your own home. In this critical series from Edge of Wonder, we expose the astonishing truth about how children are being programmed and groomed with hidden sexual content and subliminal messages. Did you know that today's children's programming is full of sex and sexual themes? From erotic animation in Disney classics to behavior manipulation in modern Pixar. From Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network's questionable themes to media, movies, and more. This is a bigger pattern of hidden nudity, sexual innuendos in cartoons, and normalization of pedophilia that can't be ignored. After this video, you'll see why it's a spiritual battle for our children's morality and why we think parents should have all the facts to make the ultimate choices for their own kids. This is War on Children. All right. So stop welcome. the war on children. <laughs> Dad army. That's yeah, right. man. Stop the war on children. Seriously.